Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club. And they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network and the sole podcast for Red Raider Sports. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And continuing our series of Big 12 programs and Big 12 season previews for 2022. Today we are going to talk K-State. That's right. We talked Kansas earlier in the week, so it's only right that we get their brother down in Manhattan and talk about the Wildcats, the real football program of the state of Kansas. Uh, but before we bring on our guest who was on with us for this episode, we got to bring on the guy that everybody loves to hear, the people's champ, the man that is Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy? Happy to be back. I'll be, of course, skipped last preview with the lesser of the Kansas schools because you know what? What are they going to talk about? Texas? Who cares? I'm happy to hop back on because every time we do one of these, we are a week closer to football. Uh, everybody hates July because nothing is going on. But we're here at the end of it, which means that, you know, expectation, anticipation, and just absolute fandom get to come back together and create chaos and just ridiculous Twitter interactions and all the best things about sports. We're, we're right at the edge of it. That's right. That's right. Now, I wouldn't say there's nothing going on in July. I mean, you got WNBA, you got, you know, baseball, you got so- MLS soccer. Nothing for, nothing you know, for Texas Tech fans as, as it pertains to this, this podcast. <laughs> oh. So, oh, sorry, women's basketball team. I know you just got twenty five thousand dollars for a player, but <laughs> you better stop. You <laughs> know Jerry, better. Nothing <laughs> Mind you, I was in the I was watched them practice a couple weeks ago, yeah. Forget you, Albert. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, another man that is is dealing with the uh, wait before football season is our guest today for the Kansas State preview, and that is Scott McFarland from the Bosco's Boys podcast. Thanks for coming on, Scott. What's going on? Thanks. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Um, I'll apologize to your producer. Uh, I'll let him decide what he wants to keep in and what he wants to keep out and let your listeners know uh, – the, the turbulence I put you guys through, but it's good to be here. Like you said, July is the worst. 
Uh, I'm a Royals fan. We haven't been good since uh, we beat your Astros back in 2015. I'm a Sporting KC fan. We just lost in the semifinal of the U.S. Open Cup to a USL team. Uh, they're bottom of the table. I have nothing good going on. The K-State, uh, you know, tournament team, Purple and Black, they lost in the second round. Absolutely nothing good is going on. But the one guiding light is once we're in August, we're only a, what, four weeks away from seeing Scott Frost losing Ireland to Northwestern. So uh, I- I'm going to sleep well tonight knowing that that's closer than it was yesterday. Yeah, we both had in the in the in the the tournament, the basketball tournament, we both had heartbreaking losses, right? Purple, I watched that game, purple and black losing in the second round. The Air Raiders also <laughs> lost in the second round uh, to Aftershock, which is a road game. I feel like there should be no road games in the TBT, but whatever. Um, playing in Wichita there, but but no, it is great to have you on, Scott, and and really in this episode, luckily for you, because football season's almost here. It's pretty exciting times in, in Manhattan, Kansas, right? Like, this is a really good K-State team. I mean, give us your initial impressions of this team going into 2022. Yeah, I mean, excitement at, is at a high that we probably haven't seen since the 2014 season. Um, you have – when you have a guy like Deuce Vaughn, when you have a guy like Felix and DK Uzama, and then I think after last season being able to scrape to eight wins with all the adversity that we – face during the season, I think confidence is pretty high in Chris Kleiman. So when the Big 12, you know, preseason team has more Wildcats on the first team than any other school, it's tough not to get excited. Now, uh, you know, K-State fans loving the little chip on our shoulder that we do, it, it was fun to actually be voted fifth and see Iowa State behind us and get a first place vote. So there's nothing K-State Twitter loves more than being able to kind of rally around a fake or real perceived disrespect. So honestly, Big 12 Media Days was the perfect storm for K-State fans and K-State Twitter. Well, let's hold on. Let's just about Big 12 Media Days, Scott. Is there anything you as a Kansas State fan really took away uh, going into the season? Uh, that Brent Venables likes to put stuff in his mouth. Uh, that's that's really the only <laughs> yeah, takeaway yeah. <laughs> I had. I mean, I mean, because I mean, let's be real. Like it, it was pretty. Unless we want to really sort of dissect the CEO speech from Brett Yormark, um, there wasn't actually anything that crazy to come out of Big 12 Media Days outside of Brent Venables kind of, you know, again, putting some fun uh, imagery out there for everyone. Um, Everything else just kind of seemed par for the course for me personally. Uh, I think your guys' main man wants everyone to remember he was a Texas high school coach, which I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but that was his uh, bingo card of the day. But nothing wrong with that. Chris Kleiman, his thing is football is football since he was an FCS coach. You know, Les Miles liked to tap his championship ring. Uh, you know, our friends at KU, uh, their their coach, uh, he, he's not wearing his whitewater ring. So, you know, there's none of that, uh, none of those storylines. But honestly, it's pretty mild. Did you guys, outside of like Brent Venables, like was there anything too crazy from your guys' POV? No, I mean, I think the the talk of the town was really Yormack and, and just how, how aggressive he seems to be compared to uh, to Bowles being some of the previous commission uh, commission speak that we've seen. Nothing, nothing too crazy out of any media day. You're very right about McGuire. He very much wants you to know that he is a great high school football coach and he's going to take the things that he learned and the, the stuff that he knows as a high school football coach uh, to the college ranks and really prove that any that 
good high school, a good high school football coach can be a good college football coach, which will be interesting. But um, you kind of nailed it on the head. Like those coaches are going to say, hey, this is why I'll be a good coach because I proved in this certain scenario and my certain scenario is better than anybody's certain scenario. Yeah, and, and again, we, we've kind of lost some of those personalities of folks that might just say whatever the hell they want, you know, uh, up at the mic. So uh, it was pretty pretty mild. I, I'll be interested for next year with the newcomers if uh, any of those coaches are going to come in and pull the beating on the chest King Kong type of uh, speech saying, hey, hey, we're here and we're wild. That's a conference. It's next on in Arlington. Well, when it comes to like head coaches coming back, I feel like Holgerson coming back Holgerson. a second time yeah. as the head coach. He don't care. Yeah. He don't care anymore. Like he's, he's going to be like, Hey, you know, I'm here. What's this? I actually wonder. I actually wonder if he like is happy that he's coming back. I almost kind of felt like he was like, Hey, I can, I can win a lot of games at Houston, the American just go there, kind of ride out. You know, I think he has some roots in Texas. I don't really remember, but I think I, I don't actually know if he's overly pumped, but he's going to have the vibrato. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I, he's he's now at a job where he can just kick his feet up and and be like, look, you know, if they fire me, they fire me. If they don't, they don't. I'm just here. I'm just living the dream. I'm living it out. <laughs> so, so that's those yes, are the best yes. type of coaches. Um, so for y'all, usually when we're going this doing this Big Twelve preview. One of the main things we talk about is, man, like, like how you're going to replace some of the guys you lost. Like it's going to be really tough for your program and how you're going to replace them. Um, we don't really have that situation for Kansas State with the exception of one guy that has kind of been a thorn in everybody's side the last few years, depending on whether he's playing or not. And that's Skylar Thompson. And Skylar Thompson, who was, I'm sure, 45 years old and had three mortgages by the time he graduated, is no longer at Kansas State. You instead have replaced him with – one of the thousand Martinez's that play quarterback in the state of Nebraska uh, coming to Kansas State. So, I mean, what is that change like going from a 10th year senior in Skylar Thompson to now a brand new quarterback in Adrian Martinez? Yeah, and, and I do I, I do want to poke you guys and your listeners. I think uh, Skylar Thompson's first kind of urban legend story was that game down in Lubbock where he had, he was the third quarterback to play and takes K-State to overtime down in Lubbock and then wins on a two-point conversion play uh, down there. I think that was really when he – that might have been the first game he played. Uh, so, again, you know, I'll, I'll poke you guys in the, in the side a little bit. But it's going to be different because uh, I, I think Skylar Thompson, when healthy, which, again, wasn't enough, uh, is one of the most underrated quarterbacks ever to play at K-State you knew exactly what you were going to get from him. The standard deviation of a good Skylar Thompson game and a bad Skylar Thompson game wasn't very big. That's the exact opposite of Adrian Martinez. Adrian Martinez will look like a Heisman, well, at least at Nebraska. He looked like he could win the Heisman Trophy in the first half, and then you want to bench him in the second half. I, I And we might get into it. I think there are some things that – K-State that are going to set him up for a lot more K-State fans are telling themselves going from that, you know, known commodity in Skylar Thompson to, you know, basically what AMC stock during the pandemic up, down, you never know what it's going to be. Uh, I mean, that that's what Adrian Martinez was at Nebraska. So it, it will be an adjustment, but you can't help but salivate the idea of him and Deuce Vaughn, uh, you know, running a read option back there. I, I think it could be a very fun year. Well, I mean, you mentioned one guy right there, Deuce. Um, 
the thing that makes the thing that makes Kansas State such a pain in the butt for Texas Tech fans is Deuce Fawn. Uh, I mean, talk about one of the guys who can lead you in both rushing and receptions on any given Saturday. That's that. I mean, that's what sets up Kansas State for success. And then you got Martinez coming in. And we were you were talking about, you know, what are the you know, Martinez is so hot and cold in Nebraska, but maybe it's, you know, some of the elements around him in Nebraska. Maybe he did needed a different scenery. Maybe he needs a different playbook. Uh, who are some of the guys that are returning for Kansas State's offense outside of Deuce Vaughn who can offer or, you know, who are some guys just in the offense in general who can offer Martinez a little bit more support? Yeah, so I, I think it immediately goes to the offensive line, because if you look at his time at Nebraska, I think over his four seasons, he was pressured on 49% of the dropbacks. He was hit on 42% of his dropbacks. If you're getting hit almost every time you are falling back, if you're having to scramble, over 67% of his rushing attempts were not designed rushes. They were scrambles. So I think you have to go to the offensive line and you look at Cooper Beebe. He was the all uh, Big 12 left tackle last year. He was on the preseason team. He was a third-team All-American He's actually going to slide down to the position he's going to play in the NFL, which is going to be left guard. We have a redshirt freshman in Andrew Gang out of Dakota who has just impressed since he showed up, and he's actually going to play left tackle. So they have so much confidence in this 19-year-old Dakota kid that they're going to take an All-American candidate and move him from left tackle down to left guard. So that's – the first thing. And then you get back Taylor Poitier who got hurt towards ACL last fall camp. And he was actually being mentioned before he went down as being the best offensive lineman at K state. So he's going to come back. He's going to play right guard. You have Christian Duffy who has started, I think 38 games in a row at K state at right tackle. And then you're either going to have Panzer or Gillum at center and I think it really does have a shout to be the best offensive line in the Big 12. So that's the first thing. That's the biggest thing. That's going to let Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn cook and really live up to the hype. Um, th- this is where the question marks kind of come into play. Deuce Vaughn can do it running the ball. He can do it catching the ball. But there are no stud future NFL draft pick wide receivers. You have Malik Knowles coming back, and he has the ability, and he's a Texas kid. Uh, And he is an All-American returner. Uh, If you can get the ball to him in space, he can go off. But the issue is, is again, how healthy can he be? So if he can stay healthy, you have Phillip Brooks returning for his fifth year. You have those two guys on the outside. And the hope is with Colin Klein being the new offensive coordinator, they can take that jump to be a more explosive offense, to be a more consistent offense. Um, As as all the Listeners of my show, remember, I, I I was a Messingham defender. He was one of the more efficient offenses in the Big 12 when you look at points per drive. But when you look at what Colin Klein was able to do to an albeit somewhat depleted LSU team in the uh, Texas Bowl, it has K-State fans dreaming of maybe getting to Arlington in December. So I do want to take this moment to do what I did last year when we were doing the K-State preview and drool over how incredible Deuce Vaughn is. Um, Deuce Vaughn is one of my favorite running backs in the entire country. Who'd you guys have on for your uh, case? Last year we had Ahern Alley. You la- last year yeah, we had Ahern Alley that was on here. Um, uh, there was the oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. So they were no, that, that, that's a good one. I did, I, I just want to make sure it wasn't one, one of any of my Twitter blood. <laughs> <foods>. <laughs> 
No, no, I think you were. It wasn't anybody that uh, secretly hated and was like, never, never put Scott Wildcat on here ever again, ever. If you have anything good for you, no, he was, he's <laughs> nothing but. Uh, he was great. He was a great, great guy yeah, to he, have on last year, and he heard me talk in, in, in emphatically about about Deuce Vaughn. Um, what does Deuce really do for your your offense, and and how does he open up the field for y'all? Yeah. So the the best part about Deuce Vaughn is he is exactly what a modern college running back, what, what you want out of him. If you look at his rushes in between the tackles, he was averaging over five yards a carry. When he gets out to the boundary, he's about seven and a half yards a carry when you're doing the read options. And then he's able to line up in the slot. If, if again, I, I hate to come, back to games versus you guys, but uh, Will Howard, actually, Skylar Thompson goes down in that pandemic season. Will Howard comes in, the only good pass he threw has thrown maybe in his entire career. Actually, it wasn't even a good pass. It was behind Deuce Vaughn, but he can option out of that running back role, match up with a linebacker, do that little zigzag route, and it's a touchdown almost every time they throw the ball. So he can run crisp routes. I don't think he's ever dropped a pass. He truly is the most complete offensive weapon that K-State has had since Tyler Lockett. I mean, and Tyler Lockett wasn't lining up in the backfield. And people want to compare him to Darren Sproles. Well, he already has more receiving yards in his K-State career than Darren Sproles did. So he, he truly is the complete guy. And it's it's so tough for a defense to stop him. I mean, you can't have a linebacker covering him. Uh, he's going to run past the safety. You know, if he makes one guy miss, he could take it to the house. And it, it's been a long time, I think, since the Big 12 has even, even seen someone who has that ability every time he touches the ball. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, Jeremy Jefferson? Yeah, well, I mean, <clears throat> so, uh, I mean, we kind of talked, we kind of uh, went into, uh, yes, Texas Tech, Kansas State. Okay, you can keep talking about Scott. You got plenty of highlights again. Us. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Scott likes to just bring up the recent Tech K State. Uh, let me just pull a memory yeah, out of my. Let me just pull an example. Uh, let me think. Okay, so Texas Tech every time. So for if, in case you well, didn't know, can, can so, I? Can, can, so Tech started off. We were mind you when I first got to Tech. There was one team Tech could beat was K State. And then it was great. We it's, it's the series between the two schools. Tech was seven and three against K State. Unfortunately, we are currently, if I'm reading this correctly, uh, one in ten. The last since 2011. So that's it's not good, Bob. Yeah, not good, not good Bob. Yeah, I'll say something that will endear me to the folks who listen to your show from the Texas Tech lens. I've made it out to Lubbock twice for football games. I know everyone, especially, you know, people at TCU, they, they're uh, loving to throw shade at Lubbock. I have had a absolute blast every time I've gone to Lubbock. Everyone who likes to throw shade at Lubbock has never been to Lubbock. They're just looking at it on a map. Uh, I will be back and I was I 
Did I drop it? I can hear I can hear all you of you. You became a transformer for a I, second. I've heard you the entire time. <laughs> oh jeez. I no, I'm just keep, so sorry. Just keep going. I, just keep going. I bet it picked it up. Just keep well, going. <laughs> well, I hope it picked it up. I was saying all these great things about Lubbock, Texas. <laughs> Uh, and like my trips there and I think it's awesome. So I just wanted to throw some love to yeah. uh, Lubbock, Texas. If you guys can hear me uh, and, and my phone hasn't completely died. So I just wanted to give throw, get, hand out some roses, even though I'm bringing up all these fun K-State, Texas tech memories that I have as a purple fan. Well, I mean, I will say these are these are memories that haven't been too far, haven't been too fond lately. But it's funny because every time K State comes on the schedule, Tech fans are like, you know what, we could we could beat K State this year. And then Tech gives us hope, and we're like, we're gonna beat K State this year. And then at the end of the game, it's like, man, we didn't beat K State this year. That's kind of the running theme of the last like eleven years. It's so in and out too. It's not like, yeah. oh my god, we freaking lost to Kansas State. It's like, yeah, we lost to Kansas State. Yeah, maybe next year. Anyway, hey, it's just so in and out for tech fans. <clears throat> oh well, I don't freaking get it. Anyways, let's so let's 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 hop back on to uh, the team here, Scott. So we talked a little bit about the offense. Of course, you got Martinez coming in. You got Deuce Vaughn. You got all these weapons. A lot of I think something that Kansas State does well is just fundamentality, uh, especially when it comes to the offensive line. That's what makes Kansas State dangerous for any team that they play. You put Deuce Vaughn back there and just quintuples that that. Uh, that dangerous factor, right? So, what? Let's let's switch sides on the ball. Uh, you know, what about Kansas State's defense this year makes it special, makes it different? Who are players that uh, you've heard of or you're aware of that? It, what's gonna? Who's gonna be standing out this season for Kansas State's defense? Yeah, I, I think the exciting thing is is when you look at the preseason All Big Twelve team, we had a member at all three levels. Uh, you had the preseason player of the year, Felix Inudike Uzama. We call him King Felix. People can just call him Felix instead of being like Tim Brando and just butchering his last name the entire game. Uh, but he, he led the Big 12 in sacks. He led the nation in forced fumbles. Uh, he had, again, that big safety that turned around the game last year down there in Lubbock. Uh, he is the real deal. And then you have Eli Huggins right next to him who probably gets overshadowed a bit. He's coming back for his COVID senior season. Uh, he, he's a great nose guard. Um, at the second level, Daniel Green, again, a guy who seems like he's been around forever. I think he was part of the 2000 and like 17, 16 or 17 recruiting class, but he had to go to prep school. Then he redshirted. I think he technically still has his true senior season plus his COVID season if he wanted to keep coming back, but he won't. This will be his last season. And then you have Julius Brents and Echo Boydo as the boundary corners. Um, both of those guys are showing up in, you know, seven-round mock drafts in the NFL already. So when you have two guys on the boundaries who are long and can run, um, that gives you a lot of confidence to, you know, make the quarterback hold that ball that extra split second and let Felix come around and uh, get a sack or strip the ball out. So I, I know K-State fans are super excited about – uh, those, you know, handful of guys, those four or five guys on defense. And I think all four or five of those guys have the potential to be all big 12 type contributors. Yeah, man. And once again, like, especially on the defensive side, y'all still haven't lost like that many guys. And, and the places that you did lose, you kind of backfilled them with transfers. I know you have Josh Hayes that um, was with Kleiman previously at North Dakota State as well. He's coming in. Will Honus is also coming in. Hang, he gets to hang out with his buddy Adrian Martinez on uh, uh, at the linebacker side as well. Like it's this is an again a very veteran laden defense 
um, that should be scary for everybody that's within the Big 12. So, so I mean, you, you're, you're bringing back a veteran-laden team. Like we've already talked about offensively, defensively, doesn't matter. Your team is stacked and full. So what are the expectations going forward? Like what do K-State fans expect from this team? You just said that this is probably the highest expectations you've had since 2014. Are we looking at a championship or bus team? Are we looking at a team that you are, are, are hoping to get 10 wins? What are we thinking? Yeah, so I, I don't think K-State is championship or bust because um, that, that's very high expectations. When I talk to fellow K-State fans, and I posed this on our live show um, to all, all the participants, I said, what what would it take to have a, to be a successful season? I think that a 9-3 and three regular season, anything less than 9-3 and three in the regular season, I, I'm not going to say it's a failure, but it's not a success. Chris Kleiman – in the two years, two regular years of college football that he has been the head coach, he's gone eight and five, you know, so that that's the baseline. And I think this is the most talented team. And as long as a once in a century pandemic doesn't pop up, uh, the expectation is if it, he, he's going to win at least eight games. So this is a more talented team granted uh, outside of KU. And there's some people who wouldn't even put KU in this category. There are no gimmies in the big 12. So every single road game, hell, even every home game outside of KU, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if you told me K-State lost. So that's why I can't say it's championship or bust. But if, if, if they don't go nine and three um, and they stay healthy, again, injuries put pull just turn seasons upside down. Adrian Martinez or Deuce get hurt or, you know, Daniel Green or Felix get hurt on defense, uh, throw it all out the window, scrap together as many wins as you can. But if it's a relatively healthy season and they go eight and four or God forbid seven and five, I think there's going to be a lot of super disappointed K-State fans. Yeah. I mean, you, you're, uh, you're, you're preaching to the choir. I, I think every year, you know, if Texas tech just doesn't go nine and three, I'm, I'm going to be one sad puppy. Uh, <laughs> just joking. <laughs> maybe, maybe in the next 15 years. Um, but speaking of Texas tech, and that's why we are a tech pod, uh, Scott, we've got, uh, you know, how many weeks until, so Texas tech plays Kansas state, October 1st. We are not that far away. Right. So looking ahead to this Texas tech, Kansas state matchup, you know, what can we expect? Because, you know, for Kansas State, like you said, there's a lot of optimism and a lot of expectation kind of leading into the season, rightfully so. You know, you've got a lot of good pieces. You've got all like the cogs and bits. Now, can we get this machine to go? On the other hand, you know, Texas Tech has new coach. We talked about a pre-pod a little bit, uh, or we talked about, excuse me, we're talking about Big 12 Media Days. You know, this big personality, big into recruiting, big Texas high school football legend, Joey McGuire, Texas Tech's got this huge recruiting class coming in, and things are just like, NIL deals there's hundreds of millions of dollars being poured into this program what are you what are you looking out for in this in this matchup because we're going to come all the way to Manhattan you know there's an opportunity for Joey McGuire to I'll be alluded to it you know right the massive wrongs of Texas Tech's demise to Kansas State getting a win in Manhattan would be huge so like what are you looking for when this match matchup comes up yeah so I, I I think at least where I'm sitting here now again end of July I don't know truly what to expect from Texas Tech. I think you guys have three guys who could play quarterback, and all of them are worthy power five starting caliber quarterbacks that are all there. So that's going to be a tough decision. Uh, Are we going to kind of get back to old school Texas Tech where, hey, any given game they could put up 70 on the board? Uh, If that's the case, then uh, it's going to be a nervous game. I think before we start seeing – what Texas Tech can be or what they're going to be, 
I think K-State fans kind of have that in. Again, I, I think only in Big 12 play, only the KU game is a lock. But I think with that game in Manhattan, K-State fans are feeling optimistic. Again, it's been a long time since uh, Texas Tech has come in and beat K-State. Couldn't even do it with my favorite quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. You know, he got picked six at least once. I think he threw a couple other interceptions that game. So the confidence is high, but again, it's an unknown. And you have those athletes, you have those quarterbacks. And again, you're getting back to that offense or bust kind of mentality, or at least that's the perception up here in Kansas right now. Uh, anytime you play a team like that, it, it can be a dangerous game. So I would imagine if K-State plays their game, if they don't turn the ball over, if they're healthy, I would imagine it's going to be, you know, a seven to 10 point win, but anything can happen in the big 12 this year. And I think anyone who makes any prediction in July with a ton of conviction on a singular game, I think they're just setting themselves up to, you know, get old takes exposed. And I can't wait for our Oklahoma podcast because Lord knows (laughs) if anybody's going to make bold predictions, it's going to be, it's going to be who we get for Oklahoma. So um no i think that's a very good point especially with a k-state man y'all can beat anybody but if we've learned one thing about the wildcats they can also lose to anybody as long as that team isn't texas tech except for except, KU. except for ku except for texas tech apparently yeah except um, ex- well i guess again i i think texas tech is uh, our second longest active yeah. winning streak so i guess it's anyone except for ku yeah, and texas so it's, tech. Uh, but but anybody but k-state jokes, but k-state jokes. Is, y'all are, y'all are susceptible to definitely <laughs> Definitely getting getting beat by anybody that's not KU or Tech. But who knows? The curse is broken, okay? Last time we beat K-State in Manhattan, Mike Leach was the coach. And we just broke the Mike Leach curse. So, hey, anything is possible. Like Kevin Garnett said, I'm pretty sure he was talking about Texas Tech, not about the Boston Celtics. Um, so, Scott, while we have you on, we talked about it beforehand. We got to get your prediction. We want the Scott Wildcat exclusive on this podcast. What is your prediction yeah. for the Kansas State Wildcats? Yeah, so I, uh, I I typically try to kick the can down uh, down the road and not give an official prediction, but I love you guys so much. Um, you know, you guys have bared with me, so I'm officially going to say K State goes ten Ooh. and two, and they are wearing the white uniforms in Arlington, uh, so that they will finish second in the round round robin. And they are going to Arlington uh, to play that game, and uh, they'll lose sadly. And they will end up in the Alamo Bowl. And Big Twelve fans will get mad that we only get one team in the New Year's Six Bowl. And K State will play. Oh, who, who's the Alamo Bowl bid with? Is that uh, with the Pac Twelve? Uh, can't remember. Good question. I think it is. I think so. So 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 we're gonna play Lincoln Riley and USC in the Alamo Bowl. Then win that, and then the <laughs> final record will be eleven and three. I, I respect. So that is my that's my official. That, that is my official hella prediction. detailed. <laughs> I was about to say I respect that. And Big that's Twelve fans are gonna be pissed. That's how I do things. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, because also again, I I'm a nerd I about these type of things because again, so much of the non TV revenue payouts are getting. Uh, you know, playoff bids, getting, uh, you know, New Year's six bids for your conference. Well, the way everything is lined up with the four or with the two semifinal games, there's only one true at-large bid out there, and that will be the Fiesta Bowl versus whoever the G5 team is. And again, 
I think it's going to take the Big 12 loser in the conference championship game unless we get a playoff team, which I'm not predicting. Uh, you'd have to finish, I think, sixth or seventh to, to assure a second New Year's Six Bowl for the Big 12. So it does not line up very well we will all be mad we'll all be k-state fans on bowl selection day and don't well i'll say this i didn't expect it to be that detailed and i respect you for giving me something that detailed um jeremy what is your prediction for kansas state wildcats uh, you know, Scott's a smart guy. I'll tell you that. We got to keep Scott close to the chest when it comes to the deep analytics of college football. You know, we're, I'm going to be sitting close to bowl season and then it's going to happen. I'll be like, holy shit. And I'm going to have to tweet Scott be like, there's no, I cannot believe this happened. Uh, <laughs> you know, what's interesting to me is that, you know, Kansas State year, I mean, you've got Clemens had two eight win seasons, you know, two bowl game appearances. Uh, and I think you put it on the head. I'll be like, this is a team that can beat any team in the big 12. And it could also lose to any big, any team in the big 12 outside of uh, Kansas. And most of the time, Texas tech, um, you know, they're the non-conference is interesting to me because they play Missouri and Tulane. And I think Missouri is a team you can't really overlook. Uh, and Tulane is one of those that like, man, they're always looking to beat. They're always looking to beat a named team anytime they can. And they've gotten really close uh, almost it, for the past like four seasons, Tulane has had a really good game against uh, a Power Five team, and so like Kansas State could easily. And their head coach is a Kansas native. Their there you go. So the, the narrative gets deep. They get you got to keep yeah. Scott close. Um, and you have Oklahoma coming up that next <laughs> week, and so like there's a couple of games in here where I'm kind of fearful that Kansas State might be getting too prepared. Like too, they'll be looking too far ahead. Um, for me, ten and two, there's no way. I can't. I can't get there. Um, it's the Martinez factor, right? I'm like, I don't know. I just don't know, man. I can't, you know, that's what Nebraska fans were doing for so long. I can't get on that. I watched them fall apart. I can't join that. I would say uh, another eight win season is definitely doable. So maybe, you know, eight and, uh, eight and four uh, in a really good bowl game is where I'm at. So, Jeremy, I'm going to tell you something. I agree with Scott. I got 10 and two. I'm very high on Kansas State. <laughs> I'm very high. Like, like I am, I, I actually have K-State also going to the Big 12 championship game and losing. Uh, I'm very high on K-State. I think that they're going to be a really good team. I got nine wins outright and then three toss-ups. Mm. I just have them losing two of those three toss-ups, which those three toss-ups being at Oklahoma, home against Oklahoma State, and then at Baylor. Uh, but I, I got nine wins straight up. And so, like, for me, I, I think with – I'm like the exact opposite of you when it comes to Adrian Martinez because if healthy – I think Adrian Martinez fits K-State so beautifully. Like, how mm. he plays fits how K-State, like, operates. Like, what he does. He, in my opinion, is kind of a better version of Skylar Thompson was last yeah. year. Like, I, I think I'm very high. Like, Adrian Martinez, I think Nebraska lost games. Or Adrian Martinez lost games in uh, uh, because of Scott Frost and Nebraska program around him, not – the other way around. I, I, I not that I, I'm not saying that Adrian Martinez is this great player and this that, and the other. I just think that I would argue no quarterback and program fits more seamlessly than Adrian Martinez going to Kansas State. The second that was announced, I was like, man, that is that just makes so much sense. Like, well, he's gonna have Colin Klein in his ear the whole time too. That's yeah, not, you know, that like, doesn't bode well for opponents. <laughs> but God, oh, Colin Klein sees like, oh wait, you can run and you can run through people. 
great. <laughs> Come Guess what here. we're doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I agree with Scott. I'm very, very high on K-State this year. Um, and yeah, I, I definitely, I, I, 10 and 2 is right where my head was at uh, coming into this episode. So um, yeah, I mean, this could be the, this could be last year. Jeremy was high on West Virginia and, and, and said they were going all the way. This could be – I could be the one getting ridiculed next year. So, Scott, I hope that's not the case. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. But I, I, I'm high on K-State this year, and so I think y'all are going to have a really good really good season. So, um, before we let you go, Scott, it's been great having you on here. We, it's been a, a fun podcast, but we'd be remiss if we didn't push you on the hot seat. Um, let you Put your feet to the fire. And then really see if you can survive this. Love it. That's, this is that's what I'm right. You ready? All right. Yes. Uh, are you going to miss playing Texas and Oklahoma? No, I, I truly will not. Uh, who outside of Kansas? And actually, no, I'll say this. I'll take this out. Outside of Kansas and Iowa State, who would you consider your biggest rival? Oh. See, you, you did your homework because, at least in football, Iowa State's the number one rival. Um, so outside of those two, I, I th- honestly, it, it's Texas Tech or Oklahoma State. Um, Oklahoma State, there's that big eight history. But Texas Tech, there is a lot of history. The very first ever Big 12 game, um, again, while it's been spurts, you know, you guys had your long winning streak. We've had our long winning streak. Almost all the games are tight. It's rarely a blowout unless it's, you know, Leach putting it on Bill Snyder on his first year back or just completely owning Ron Prince. Um, but, but the games with Tech are always close. So it's, it's Oklahoma State either for longevity or Texas Tech just because, again, the games are close and there is that really long – or at least in the new Big 12, the longer history. And, and again, that very first game, that very first game in 1996, again, a close one to start the Big 12 play. Um, I, I think that's something that K-State and Texas Tech fans should probably champion a little bit more. Like, so what if some schools have left? The inaugural game is still here. Oh, Lordy, Lordy, Lordy. I, I dated a golf player for a short period of time. So if that would have worked out, I would have had to say her, but she's happily married to someone else. Uh, so I, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Arthur Brown. He was only there for two years, but I was in school uh, those two years. Um, Again, it was uh, back-to-back double-digit win seasons, a Big 12 championship. Um, I had an econ class with him. He was a great guy, uh, a man of faith. He came over to my house a couple times. Uh, I became pretty good friends with Arthur Brown. Um, So I think he's probably number one modern era. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to go with Arthur Brown. God, see, I'm the worst. I listen to only podcasts. I don't, I hardly ever listen to music. Um, shit. The Killers, which is the most generic white guy <laughs> answer in the world. Uh, but, but the Killers. Um, Jordan or LeBron? Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. LeBron. No hesitation. Uh, worst college. He can rebound. Well, worst can college pass. town in Texas. Or not in Texas. Sorry, in the Big 12. Oh. Well, it's in Tex- Texas. It's Waco. <laughs> Waco. And, and I've been I've been to all of them. I, I have seen I've seen 
games in every single uh, Big 12, current Big 12 uh, town. I haven't seen football uh, in Texas or, or at TCU or in Norman. Uh, I've seen basketball in both places, but I, I've been to football at the other eight. Waco is disgusting. I will only go to Waco uh, if it's a big K-State game. Um, I have no desire to ever go back to Waco. Every other place I would consider going back to, Waco's a dump. I feel sorry for anyone who has ever attended Baylor University uh, to have to spend their collegiate years there. Uh, it's gross. No, thank you. <laughs> hey, sorry, sorry, Matt. Sorry, Shahan. <laughs> you two are screwed. Oh, well, first off, I've had Shahan on my show. Shahan is awesome. He's the best blue check in the world. Um, but Waco sucks. <laughs> Ames is number two. Oh, wow. Ames is number two. Ames is number two. It's gross. There's nothing good about Ames, and uh, Stillwater is number I, three I on it. the bottom. So that's my bottom three. I, I'm an overachiever. Deuce Vaughn or Darren Sproles? Uh, Darren Sproles. Unless Deuce Vaughn can give us get us a uh, Big Twelve championship or you know be a Heisman finalist, I think uh, Darren Sproles finished fourth in 2003. Um, but it can be Deuce Vaughn if Deuce Vaughn has the type of season I hope he he does. It, it could Colin be Klein or Pat Mahomes. Oh, oh my God. Um, Colin Klein, uh, but only because I, I, I care so much more about K-State than I do the Chiefs. My dad, uh, who is a K-State graduate, he would if he listens to this, he'll be yelling at me. Um, and, and honestly, a lot of my listeners will yell at me. They will not like that answer, but I'm, I'm going Colin Favorite Klein. restaurant in Manhattan? Oh, uh, So Long Saloon. It's a burger place. It's actually connected to Taco Lucha, which is like a taco, uh, you know, like I'm not going to say Tex-Mex, but it's not authentic, but like a fusion kind of Mexican type restaurant. That's everyone's favorite, but I like the burger side better. So I'm going with uh, So Long Saloon. Which of the new Big 12 teams are you most excited to play? BYU. uh, Granted, I won't be able to drink red wine or visit any breweries in Provo, Utah, but uh, the setting of their stadium, uh, kind of like the pretentiousness of BYU, the amount of fans they have, uh, I I think it's going to be fun to hate BYU. And and last but not least, better tortilla, corner flour. Uh, I think there's a right answer for this. I'm saying corn, and I hope that's the right answer. Hey, there are no wrong answers on tortillas and takes. Both corn and flour tortillas are delicious. Um, So thanks, Scott. Scott McFarlane for joining us here on Tortillas and Takes podcast. We're all, hey, we're, and we're actually, as we're speaking, we are all drinking wine on this episode just because I didn't want to be left out. Um, you know, Hell yeah. I'm, I'm a Merlot man. So uh, I know it's not the happy half hour, but we, we started a little bit early today. So, um, <laughs> Scott, uh, plug, plug the pod, plug your at names, all that jazz. Yeah. So, Bosco's Boys uh, is the podcast named after the first mascot of uh, Kansas State Agricultural College back in the early 1900s. It was a black lab named Bosco. He was a very good boy. Uh, uh, I did one show every weekday in July. I'll do one show every weekday in August. And then all the way through football season, unless I die, get sick, or just quit the podcast because I get burnt out, um, 
K-State, I'll have to get you guys on for Texas Tech Week. Uh, at Scott Wildcat on Twitter, I like to mix it up. I like to make fun of Iowa State fans. I've been a very uh, a fun observer of, you know, the cactuses going back and forth between you guys and TCU. I'm addicted to the Bluebird, so I'm always willing to chop it up over there on Twitter at Scott Wild. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Scott, for joining us. It's been a very fun podcast. Jeremy, is there anything else you want to say to the people? Scott saying, uh, if I get burnout when he does one podcast a day. <laughs> when you get burnout, Scott, good Lord, this man is a machine. Uh, guys, you know, just be just be on the lookout. We have more Big 12 previews coming up. Uh, I still have yet to pick the team I'm going all in on. So it is still out there. Uh, we're, but we are slimming the list down, and we're starting to get to the ones that it's really not too cool to pick them to go all the way. Obviously, the two departing teams. But um, – Follow us on Twitter, tortillas underscore RRS. Find us on redditorsports.com. All of the great places you listen to podcasts, we are there. Absolutely. What what Jeremy said. That's what I that's, that's all he took still the words from my mouth. So what he said. Um so great pod talking about Kansas State. Our next one coming up is the dreaded Oklahoma Sooners. So be on the lookout for that. Uh for Scott, for Jeremy, this is Albie Shore, and you've been listening to Tortillas and the Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network and official podcast for Red Raider Sports. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.